Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hello, welcome to the Impact Hour. I am Rena, and I have a special guest in the studio today, and we're just sitting here visiting, having a good time already. So um, today I have Christine de Guzman from Here Now Mindfulness Coaching, and uh, welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super thrilled. Yay. We're going to have a really (laughs) great time. I'm excited for you, the listeners, to hear about mindfulness, what it is, and how you can start, and what would be the benefit to you. I thought maybe the listeners might want to know that Christine and I have known each other since third grade. <laughs> so um, we, you know, on through high school together and kind of went our separate ways, but kept in touch through class reunions and Facebook. And it's it's your work, Christine, uh, that you've posted on Facebook that just really fascinated me on mindfulness. So I've been kind of keeping an eye on you for a while. <laughs> and honestly, since I started the show uh, last August, at the end of August, I was like, I really need to have Christine on the show because I think this would be really, really awesome for the listeners. So I've been very much looking forward to our time. And um, could you start off by telling us what is mindfulness? Okay, so the mindfulness that I teach, um, it stems from the work of John Kabat-Zinn. And he started, he's the pioneer of secular mindfulness. Um, He introduced mindfulness into the medical community in 1979 for people working with stress and pain. And probably most of your listeners could go to their um, medical provider and ask about mindfulness-based stress reduction programs. Okay. And that is what John Kabat-Zinn created back in 1979. And his definition of mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way without judgment. Ooh. Yeah. Like without judgment. We'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my... My own personal favorite definition of mindfulness comes from Dr. Amy Saltzman, who is a longtime mindfulness teacher, and she's written a few books. Definitely Google her. Um, Amy Saltzman? Amy Saltzman. Okay. And she defines mindfulness as paying attention to your life in the here and now with kindness and curiosity. Hmm. And I, I just love that. And that's actually the definition I use when I work with young people. That's awesome. You want to pull that apart just a little bit? Yeah. Paying attention to your your life? So paying attention to your life in the here and now. And so to me what that means is what's happening for you in your body, in your mind, and also even as important is what's happening around you. Okay. Right? So, so other people, your so other environment. People, other people, your environment, um, <coughs> and then with kindness and curiosity. Okay. And I feel like with that um, – that the the kindness piece is so important. I think that there are sometimes people sort of focus more on the directing awareness and uh, cultivating greater concentration. Mm-hmm. And I feel like kindness and curiosity sort of makes this bird fly. It's the two wings of mindfulness. There's 
uh, clarity and focus on as one wing and kindness and curiosity on the other wing. And I feel like that makes this mindfulness that I'm talking about fly. I like that. I like that a lot because compassion is something I've really been embracing for myself and working to advocate for. And so I love that kindness and even being kindness to oneself being kind to oneself is is super important and often something that we overlook. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, That's mainly what drew me to that definition because for some people it's really easy to focus. And and for me it's true. It's easier for me to focus and direct my attention. The challenge is the kindness mm-hmm. and the curiosity. Oh, um, and that makes sense to me, personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really good at being hard on myself. Yes. And, and that can spill over into being hard on other people, but primarily it's really directed toward me. Yeah. That's why I find that so significant. Yeah, yeah. About compassion toward oneself, kindness toward oneself. Yeah. And so where are opportunities for people to be more mindful? So mindfulness, the way I see it, is um, involves an informal practice and a formal practice. Okay. So with informal practice, you can be mindful any moment that you remember. So you can be mindful as soon as that's, you wake up. First, first of all, that's <laughs> kind, just the way you said that, you know, whenever you remember, which assumes that it's probably not 24-7. No, no. So and I'm happy that you brought that up because I feel like um, – one of the first things I like to do when I talk to people about mindfulness is to bust myths about mindfulness. Okay. And so one of the myths I find is people feel like, so I've learned mindfulness and I expect myself to be mindful all the time. Ooh, yeah. And then when I'm not mindful all the time, well, I'm bad at this, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> that, that sort of, that's sort of a pattern that I hear about. I, I believe that because I, I remember reading some stuff online and there was a little bit of a conversation going and there was really people beating themselves up about how not mindful they were. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that just felt, felt ugh, icky. Yeah. And that yeah. doesn't really jive with the kindness and curiosity part. Right? <laughs> no, really. Well, and, and you'd mentioned that the John Kabat-Zinn is being his definition being so prevalent and I know I did some mindfulness um, work for myself just just you know reading a book and trying to apply some stuff on my own honestly I don't recall anything about compassion it's like either I overlooked it because I wasn't ready for it or, or, or it simply wasn't there that's really interesting that you say that and that's probably why I am drawn to Amy Saltzman's mm-hmm. definition because she spells it out I mean I think that um, without judgment can be helpful for some people um, because it sounds to me like opening up your awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some of us who know I tend to be mean to myself, okay. I-, I need to have actual direction. <laughs> what does that good, mean? It's what? good for me to have specific instructions. So okay. when Amy Saltzman says with kindness and curiosity, then I think, well, if I want to do this, then I definitely have to add that into the mix. And then... Um, and then I wonder, uh, with curiosity, I wonder, well, what is this feeling that uh, this resistance, and I know that you guys talked, have talked about resistance, resistance on this yes. program, you know, noticing that resistance. Why am I fighting against this? What's going on there? Right. Mm-hmm. And just by asking yourself that question, you are already starting your journey on mindfulness. Woohoo! Win! <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> totally! That's encouraging. Well, well, you know, because it's really, it's it's very simple, and sometimes it can work hard, but it it's very simple in the sense that what we're doing is we're just trying to make awareness 
and being able to direct our attention a habit. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So it's a habitual nature. It's kind of a, a way of being. Trusting it won't be that way all the time, but you're working toward having it more and more? Yes. So mindfulness to me is an ongoing practice. So mm-hmm. that means that it's an action. So okay. It's, it's, it's doable. It's actionable. It's doable. It's actionable. It reminds me a lot of fitness. Okay. I have, one of my best friends is a fitness instructor, and we talk about the parallels of this. Um, so people will say, for example, I really want to get fit. So they'll go to one class, and right. they'll really, they'll feel really great after that one class. But are they fit? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, that does take a while. That persistent effort. Yeah. Yes. So it it takes a while. You can't just go to one class. And in the same sense, I will work with people with mindfulness, and I'll guide them through a practice, and they'll think, oh, this is fantastic. And now all I all I need to do now is to just notice my breath. I've got it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Right. We wish. <laughs> right. That'd be nice. And I try to emphasize to people, it's just like fitness. You got a little taste, and that's fantastic. Okay. And so you're going to need to just keep going, just like you have to keep going to the gym. Okay. Yeah. And is it kind of like building a muscle, in a way, a practice in the mind? Oh, yeah. Okay. That is exactly how I describe it, especially with my younger guys, like the st- younger students I work with. We talk about mindful muscles and what happens when your muscle, when you stop using that muscle, it gets really soft, and then it's hard to use it when you need it. Yeah. So I liken it to a muscle in that same way, yeah. That's awesome. So it takes practice and um, being kind to ourselves when we're imperfect about it. Well, what's the curiosity piece? So I feel like with curiosity, that's another way of saying opening your awareness. So you wonder. So to me, when you're curious, you're withholding judgment. So that's, like, huh. I feel like that's another way of saying without judgment. Okay. So you're like, hmm, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder about that. Right. So right. you, without judgment means you're, you're not making it wrong or bad. Exactly. Holding you're wondering. You're okay. wondering even, um, you're wondering about the experience you're having in your body. You're wondering even about the emotions you're having. I think you guys talked a little bit about it when you were in your emotions program. Okay. About being curious about where is this coming from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's that same idea of this isn't wrong. I just wonder where this came from. You know, did it come yeah. from me being hungry? <laughs> right. Something right. going on in the body. Right. Or yeah. uh, something that my husband said this morning, but I didn't really address it. Yeah. You know, sort of so checking it out. Yeah. So checking yeah. it out. Checking well, it out. That's awesome. We need to go to a break. I have so many questions. I'm so <laughs> excited to dive into this. So would you please stay tuned? You're listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 1055. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. 
If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Interrupting life as usual. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Hey, if you're listening and you missed part of this show or any other show, I want you to let I wanted to let you know that show recordings are available at theimpacthour.com, and today's show will be posted tomorrow night. And um, would love for you to check that out as a resource, theimpacthour.com, or also available through your favorite podcast. Today we are talking with Christine de Guzman from Here Now Mindfulness Coaching. And I wanted to talk to you, Christine, a little bit about your journey because we love to encourage people to really make a positive impact in people's lives. And I know that's uh, what you're doing. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey because it's it's always a journey. It's never like a boom, all of a sudden it's happening. So how did you get started on your on your mindfulness journey? So let's see. Um, the beginning of my journey into contemplative practices was totally by accident. Okay. <laughs> was I did not intend to start a contemplative practice. Okay. Um, this was in 1999, and I was in a very unhealthy, occasionally violent relationship. Uh, my life was very, very chaotic. Okay. And I had pretty much zero self-awareness. I feel like I was living my life mostly in reaction. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean exactly by self-awareness there, that, that you weren't having it, but just reacting? Yeah. I, I think um, anything that happened, I would just react with habit. I Old didn't patterns. know that I was doing that. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I... So you weren't you weren't making new choices. No, it was just based on everything that you'd learned in your life up until that point. Maybe a lot of childhood experiences and young adult experiences, and yes, and yes, acting accordingly. Yes, okay. It felt like when I think about myself back then, I think I imagine someone just being blown about, you know, by circumstance, by my own habits, by strong feelings and thoughts. There was not a lot of pausing. There was not a lot of um, reflection. A lot of go, go, go. And I'm glad you're, you're sharing this because I'm certain that a lot of listeners can relate. Yeah. So is that having been part of their experience? Yeah. So um, lucky for me, I was working with a woman, an older woman, and I feel like now she was kind of a mentor. And I remember having lunch with her and talking to her about how chaotic my life was and how I needed just a break, just to get away for a few days someplace safe for a woman that no one would bother me, but I didn't have a lot of money. And so she said she had heard about this farm in Marin, and it was a working farm, um, but they also did meditation there. And um, maybe I could try that place. 
Interesting. Yeah. And so, so somebody just happened to mention this thing that ended up being a life changing yeah, thing for you. Absolutely. Just, okay. And, and I don't even think she had been there. She'd heard of it. You know, okay. I heard of a farm and, you know, maybe you could try that. So I looked it up and uh, they had a program where you could come and work for half the morning in on the farm, you know, in the uh-huh. kitchen or something like this. Okay. And the rest of the time you could just have free time and you. But you need part of the program was you needed to come to the meditation in the morning. Okay. And I remember thinking, well, how hard is that? You know, how hard can meditation be? You know, they're just going to have me sit in a quiet room, like no big deal. Right. I just needed to get away. And so I booked my few days. Um, I, my life was so chaotic. They had even told me in the instructions very specifically, like, please be at this place at this time for meditation instruction. And my life was so chaotic, I, I think I might have gotten in a big fight with my partner that morning. It didn't make it to the meditation instruction. Right. So when I f- got there, checked in, they said, I basically got like two sentence meditation instruction because I was, you know, it was my mistake. I yeah. wasn't there at the right place. And he basically said to me, you know, you sit here, um, you look at this and you might notice a lot going on in your mind. And that was it. <laughs> and I just thought, okay, that's, that's the short version. <laughs> Okay, fine. I can do that. And so the next morning I wake up before dawn, um, pick my way to the meditation hall, and um, they show me to my seat, and I sit down, and I immediately, within seconds, um, had a 40-minute straight panic attack. Wow. So you, you really had anxiety going on in your body. It, it must was, have been really big. It was so physical. It, it was so physical. Rena, I thought I was, I literally thought I was going to die. Yeah. But because, I that. but because I am such a rule follower and I don't like to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and they told me not to get up until the bell rang. <laughs> Even if you think you're dying, Christine, stay in that seat. That's what I love I it. I was, I mean, so it's like, no matter how bad I felt, the stronger impulse was to not get in trouble. So well, right. I'm sure it ended up ultimately being part of your learning experience. <laughs> well, it must have been tough. Well, right. I mean, sweating, heart pounding my wow. who knows oh, you know i'm supposed to be still on this cushion who knows what i was actually doing <laughs> and next to me were these clearly experienced meditators and they were like um trees they were wow. not moving okay and um so it was a very somatic very physical experience i kept feeling like i was going to die you know my brain was going full speed ahead at one point i remember I had this thought, like, I'm just going to anchor mentally to the people sitting next to me. Like, they seem Excellent okay. choice, by the way, <laughs> for, for that level of training yeah. that you're at. <laughs> Boom. I was like, something needs to help me. I'm going to lean mentally lean on the people next to me who are Great. literally not moving. And I still have no idea who those people are. And yeah. I feel like they're kind of, they were these sort of angels. I mean, literally just sort of, they were doing their thing, but I really leaned on them. Yeah. So after 40 minutes, um, the, they rang the bell, and the program is 40 minutes of meditation and then 10 minutes of walking meditation, and then another 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And so you would think that I would have jumped up and ran to my car and not looked back because the experience was so difficult. But here's where I feel like the seed got planted, is I've spent 40 minutes sweating, heart-pounding, Convinced I was going to die, they rang the bell. I immediately felt relieved, and I hadn't died. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I hadn't gone crazy, and I hadn't died. Didn't and kill you. It That's was great. the first time I think ever in my life 
because I've dealt with anxiety all my life, that I sat through it and I proved to myself that all those thoughts were wrong. Wow. And so we did the 10 minutes of walking meditation and then I got back on the cushion. Yes. <laughs> Love it. I even, and so I got back on another 40 minutes. It was still difficult, but what was it? Something was a little different. Just some tiny, tiny thing. There was just this little tiny pocket of awareness through it all mm-hmm. that I had done this before. I hadn't died. And even though this still feels pretty bad, what is happening here? Something, there's something here. Okay. And that pretty much, you know, started my practice. Um, and then, so I stayed for a few days, met some great people. Um, the panic was less and less the more I went into the meditation what a, hall. What a blessing, because you mentioned that you had experienced anxiety, you know, a lifelong thing. Yes. And, and that was the point where you learned that you can be with it. Yes. And, and it sounds like it probably shifted some. Oh, absolutely. As well. That's that's very powerful. It was incredibly powerful. Could totally unexpected, because like I right. said, all, that's I really not what you wanted, <laughs> all I really wanted to do was get away from this dude. <laughs> For a few days um, and have some quiet, and it turned out to be life-changing. And then as I was packing up to leave, and this is totally (laughs) going to date us, but my (laughs) my beeper. (laughs) Dude, I used to have a beeper. I'm there. So, you know, I had had my beeper on silent the whole time I was at this farm, and I checked my beeper, and there were just a ton of phone calls from my mom. And I knew that that was alarming. So I called her as soon as possible, and it turned out that um, my most beloved grandmother, my grandmother on my father's side, who um, I had spent a lot of my childhood with, she was she had begun the process of dying. Um, okay. And so I packed up my stuff and immediately found myself at her bedside. And... It was incredible because I had never had someone so close to me dying. Yeah, that's and powerful. I, yeah, and I in, I just knew that the thing that made the most sense at that point was to just be with her, to be as present as possible with her. You know, it really brings tears to my eyes when I hear that because I know that you were able to be present for those moments in a way you would not have been able to be no. before. No, absolutely not. I sat, I followed my breath, I brought my little Dharma, new Dharma books, and just did what I could to be there for her the way she had been there for me. Oh, I'm going to start crying. It's okay. (laughs) We do tears here. It's all right. That's really, really beautiful that you were able to be there for her the way she had been there for you. Oh. I love it. It felt like um, a complete circle. And then um, that after she died, it took a cup, like a cup, two, three weeks for her to die, and I basically stayed with her the entire time um, meditating. Wonderful. After that, I, it, everything got very clear, and I immediately left that relationship. All right. <laughs> wow. So that was an opportunity for you to get some clarity. Yes. After the retreat and then the time with your grandma, you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, and there was no more looking away. And I feel like that is a big part of what mindfulness has helped me do and helps me continue to do, which is to have courage in the clarity, you know, to just be as fearlessly clear as I can in each moment, whenever I remember. <laughs> whenever I remember. <laughs> yes. 
So, um, yeah, I feel like she, in, that was her last gift to me, was the, the timing of that. I really appreciate you sharing your story because I know it's so common for people who are making a difference in the lives of other people to have had a powerful life experience that made them realize uh, something specific is important and they want to share that with the world. Yes. So I'm seeing how your experience um, with the retreat center first and then uh, with your grandma, you know, just really was a major shift for you. And so we're about to head into a break. When we come back, we can talk about what you've been doing with that now, because I know that you really are touching people's lives. Aww. Yay. <laughs> so please stay tuned. You're listening to the Impact Hour. Progressive presents Mindfulness with Flow. Imagine yourself on a boat drifting on the cool, clear water. You haven't a care in the world because the boat is protected by Progressive. You are the skipper of the SS Feelgood, and you're setting sail for Happy Town, where you're the mayor, mayor skipper, long may he reign. Put your mind at ease. Protect your boat with insurance from Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. There are two things every parent wants when their child goes to college. For their child to do well and a way to afford it. Now, with Discover Student Loans, parents can have the best of both worlds. Not only do our loans cover up to 100% of school-certified costs with zero fees, but we'll give them a cash reward for each new student loan if they earn at least a 3.0 GPA or equivalent. That means every A in history or B in math could help them earn a cash reward for good grades. Just one of the many ways we treat you like you'd treat you. Apply now in 15 minutes or less at discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. This is Lon Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Over seven years ago, Democrats in Congress joined President Obama to create a massive expansion of Washington's role in our health care system. And in the time since then, we've witnessed the many ways in which Obamacare has hurt the American health system. Republicans in the United States Senate had the opportunity this week to repeal large parts of that law and to set health policy in America on a different course. The GOP legislation wasn't perfect, but was certainly an improvement on the status quo. It was also the best chance Republicans have ever had to substantially repeal and replace Obamacare. Unfortunately, several Republican senators voiced their opposition to even considering the bill, closing the door on the debate. A number did so because they didn't think it went far enough. Others did so because they thought it went too far. Whatever their reasoning, these senators have effectively enshrined Obamacare as a law of the land, and they have turned their backs on a promise that they and other Republicans have been making for years. For these failures, they have only themselves to blame. I'm Lon Chen. Real estate agents charge too much to sell a home and make too much money when they help you buy a home. That's why Jason Lichney believes in charging less and gives buyers some of his paycheck. If you're tired of paying too much, go to Jason at LichneyTeam.com. Jason provides exceptional service to his clients and is considered one of the top real estate brokers in the region. Go to Jason at LichneyTeam.com to start your journey towards your new home. Jason Lichney and his team of experts are just a click away. California BRE number 01704911. Will your current career path lead you to financial independence? Stop worrying about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. It's simple. Register for our free passive income workshop and learn the seven principles we use to provide for our families and run our businesses. We reveal the five reasons you should invest in real estate, and we show you how every dollar you invest in a piece of real estate makes you money five ways. It's time to get this life-changing information. Register today at MyPassiveIncomeWorkshop.com. 
job. Stop making excuses. Go to MyPassiveIncomeWorkshop.com. Take a moment right now and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life of quiet desperation that doesn't resemble what you were promised after getting that college degree and corporate job. Now a 10 is a life that exceeds your wildest expectations of the life they promised you for doing all the right things and working hard. If you answered anything less than 10, stop what you're doing and go to MyPassiveIncomeWorkshop.com. Passive income is not a secret, but chances are no one has ever shared it with you until now. Learn how to generate passive streams of income at our free workshop, MyPassiveIncomeWorkshop.com, so you can live at a 10 for the rest of your life. Fridays at 2. Lock it into Money 105.5 for the rush hour for success. It's a show dedicated to your success with information about what's going on in the community, reviews of places to visit around Sacramento, and, of course, topics that involve experts in money strategies, business, real estate, and things that matter most in life. Join the watch star himself, Jim T. Chong. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Fridays at 2 on Money 105.5. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at the impact hour what if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger where are your passions hiding you are here to create an authentically empowered life there's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today I'm just having a blast with guest Christine de Guzman of Here Now Mindfulness Coaching. <laughs> and I'm excited to let the listeners know about the work that you're doing now. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what do you do and, and who do you work with and what's it look like? Okay. So I primarily work with students, parents, and educators. Okay. So you're in the school system? So I am an outside contractor. Cool. Um, I have been teaching mindfulness to students since 2013. And you got some training around that, I saw. Yes, I Mm -hmm. did. Um, Through the wonderful Mindful Schools, mindfulschools.org, if you are interested or curious. I call them the love factory. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That is my nickname for them because I... I was just so happy when um, I was directed to them by my own personal meditation teacher and uh, trained with them way back in 2012, um, totally fell in love with the work, and I've been so lucky to be able to do what I do. Um, I've been working in uh, Sacramento Unified, Elk Grove, and also Davis Unified, Joint Unified. Awesome. So yeah, I've so since then I've been basically working um, continuously in schools. I also have done trainings with teachers, with social workers, and with parents. That's cool. So yes. can can a school contact you and have you come into classrooms, or do you do like assemblies? What what? What happens there? Um, so generally, I go into classrooms. Uh, cool. uh, assemblies aren't 
out of the range. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could do assemblies, but mainly what I'm um, asked to do at schools is to do an eight-week program. Oh, cool. So you're there for a while, like once a week or so? It's twice a week. Twice a week. Um, Beautiful. The lessons are short, about 15 or 20 minutes. Nice. It's developmentally appropriate. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And the some attention t- span. And, and, yeah, well, depending on the age in the classroom, sometimes that's Feels like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes kindergarten versus fifth grade would be a big difference. <laughs> yes. And, you know, obviously with the kindergartners, um, those tend to be more like 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. You know, depending on depending on the, 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 the kind of classroom um, that I'm working with. But So you're, you're in there for a period of time. You're coming twice a week for eight weeks. Yes. So that tells me that you're starting to build in them a habit because they get to revisit. It's not just learn it once and you're gone. So I like the consistency of that because I know it's, it's more likely to be installed or instilled, depending on how you look at it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This goes back to what we talked about earlier in the program, which is just like fitness, it needs to become a habit. It mm-hmm. needs to become a practice. Um, it needs to be consistent. And um, it needs to be, uh, you need to have some patience with mm-hmm. it. Um, patience with yourself. There's that compassion thing again. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Although I do have to say, and this is, so my very first classroom that I ever walked into was a second grade class. And I was skeptical, honestly. I thought, how am I going to get these little guys to sit still for one whole minute? You know, which is the challenge in my first lesson. And they took to it like little ducks to water. Oh, how cool! Really, it, I, they're they, hungry for it. it oh, absolutely, look at that. I, I, love I it. absolutely feel like we aren't taught to just be still and quiet with ourselves generally. No. You know, and it's yeah. p- particularly now in this culture, I feel like that's not um, emphasized. <laughs> phones right. are a huge distraction. We have phones. Information is coming at us you know, all the time. And children in particular have a lot of stresses, a lot of expectations. Their teachers have a lot of stresses and expectations. And so um, just to have a minute to themselves, they recognized immediately how wonderful it is. And then what I usually do is, um, you know, I go into a classroom. I'll say the second grade class, for example. And I share with them a little bit of what mindfulness is. And we start really slow with just listening for one minute to in silence and see what we notice. But within a week of that class, I had a little girl um, raise her hand and talk to me about how she practiced her mindfulness when she went to the dentist because she was oh, nervous. Wow, what a great opportunity. What and, a smart little kid. And here's the thing. Exactly, Rena, I did not tell her, try this at the dentist or yeah. when you're feeling nervous. I yeah. just shared with her, well, this is something that you might notice kind of makes you feel good. Let's just see what happens. That's the curiosity. We just wonder. I wonder what happens if I sit still for a minute. I wonder what that feels like. And she immediately applied it. And I have found that since then, um, since that first classroom, that generally children and young adults have uh, an intuition about how to apply this in a way that is meaningful for them. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, it was. It, really it was. I, w- I celebrated when I heard because, that little girl because say from that. there, I picture like a, a blossoming, like a, a bush, you know, that, that's growing out with branches and leaves and further and further. So <laughs> it takes root, but then it just grows larger through as it permeates the different areas of life. That's yes. exciting. It was super. It's super, super duper exciting. So that's what I do, and you know, I love when the kids pick up the mindfulness. Obviously, that is thrilling to me. But my secret, not so secret agenda, is for the teachers. 
in the classroom to really fall in love with the practice. Mm-hmm. Because, and this is something that you touched on in your emotions program. Which that one is, was called Hijacked by Emotions. Yes. I don't remember the number. Oh, but it's great. Yeah. That was yeah. really, that dovetails so much into mindfulness, by the way. I'm glad you could relate. Um, you talked about how when you are with someone, you can really pick up their emotions. You mm-hmm. know, emotions are contagious. Yes. And so um, children, whenever they're in a room with an adult, it's a survival skill for them to regulate their emotional and nervous systems to the adult that's in charge. It, Absolutely. It, it's, it, it's an absolute, you know. To be able to read and adjust. Yes, and, and it's mm-hmm. subconscious. It, you yeah. know, it's something Your that survival. our. survival, absolutely. Right, you know. So um, I'm hoping that when I work with teachers, they find this helpful for them, knowing that they are setting the tone, that they are, their emotions and their nervous system is contagious for all these you know, younger beings that they're in charge of. Yeah, I have I have goosebumps because I love <laughs> I love impact kind of rippling out. Yeah. So, I, first of all, you're you're affecting children for a lifetime, which is huge in how they're going to interact with their kids. So that's rippling out. And then the teachers. I mean, so many of us look back at our teachers as being people who really shaped us. Yes. And our values and how we believe in ourselves or don't believe in ourselves. And so you empowering teachers in that way is impacting kids at a very deep level. Yeah. Well, I hope it. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm confident that it is. So I'll Aww. reassure you of that. Ah. Yeah. So we know that you're going into schools. Um, is there other ways for people to work with you? Well, I have worked, um, I've, I've worked in smaller groups of people and students. I've worked with parent groups. And I've also come to staff meetings and done staff trainings um, at schools. So that's another way to hear more about mindfulness and Mm -hmm. how it can be um, helpful in education and in family life. I love that. I love that. And especially working with parents because, again, it's like the teachers. That's going to impact the kid for their entire life. Yes. And I feel like with parents in particular, and I know that you can understand because we are both mamas, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that that whole kindness piece to yourself. Okay. You know, um, I find that whenever I talk to parents about practicing kindness towards themselves, that can be such a challenge because – Again, you know, we have the social media. We're bombarded with ideas of what, quote-unquote, successful parenting is. Mm-hmm. It's crazy-making. Well, and everybody on social media, they're portraying the best aspects of their life and omitting usually the challenges. Yeah. So we're comparing ourselves to um, – it's an unfair comparison. Yes, yes. And for someone like me who has the habit of um, – being hard on myself, mm-hmm. it becomes... Up until now. <laughs> That's what my coach would totally bust me on. <laughs> well, you know, I'll go back to that. But, you know, so um, with mindfulness, what I want to help parents particularly with, because of this atmosphere that we're in, you know, um, of seeing so many different ideas of what successful parenting is all the time on our phones and mm-hmm. computer screens, is to have what you were talking about, the self-compassion, you know, to just practice being aware of when we're beating ourselves up okay um taking the slowing down enough to acknowledge that okay um and explicitly telling ourselves i will be kind to you nice you know i I will be kind to you and i'm talking to myself yes i will be kind to myself yes yes um i feel like that is so powerful for parents just so that they can have more ease in their parenting, but then also as a model for their children. 
to and not beat themselves up. Yes. Okay. And, you know, what I like to emphasize for parents is please, when you practice, if you can, practice out loud in front of them. You know, just say, wow, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm feeling really mean towards myself, and I'm just going to stop what I'm doing and take a second to really notice this. It's really painful for me. And, and really just narrate their mindfulness for their children. I like that. That's and, a great model. Right? And to sort of say to them, you know, this feeling is really strong right now, but I know it's changing. I'm just going to be patient, mm-hmm. you know, and be with myself and try and be kind to myself so that they know that, oh, this is what you do. As yes. an adult, as you they'll, they'll take pick care it up because like they're that. sponges, right? Yeah. You're taking care of yourself. Your your kid will pick that up like a sponge, yeah. and and use it to take care of themselves. Yeah, so that's really awesome. Yeah. So, how can people reach you? You have a Facebook page with some resources. Yes, I do. So there's a way to contact me, and then there's also resources. I'll also be posting events there, um, and any future classes. Um, it is here now. Mindfulness coaching. So here now. Mindfulness. Just put that in the search bar of your Facebook page, and you will find me. And then go ahead and give it a like. (laughs) Right. And then you will get all the wonderful resources that I try and regularly post. (laughs) That's awesome. So people can reach you if they're interested in having you come in to their class or group. Yes, yes. I think that's delightful. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We're going to go into one more break, and we've got one more segment with Christine DeGuzman of Here Now Mindfulness Coaching. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Uh, I just first I thought that was Beastie Boys, but I was actually Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Christine and I are having a blast. We've known each other since like what 1977 or so. So we've been through all these musical eras together. So we're reflecting on all the music going in and out of break. We're just having a really great time here. Oh, I'm really glad that you, the listeners, have been uh, listening to this episode on mindfulness. And I really want to spend some time diving into how our listeners can start a mindfulness practice. And, you know, is there any resources you would recommend or exercises that they can do to get started? And what are the benefits of that? Okay. Yeah, great. So um, a couple of things that on the outset I like to tell people when they – Want when they're interested in beginning a mindfulness practice, and and you know that this goes back to when we were talking about the fitness, which is, um, this is a practice that takes time. Okay. Um, you might notice a sense of well-being after one of the 
first times that you sit down to a formal practice, and that's great. Okay. Um, but then you, if the, the more you do it, the more you might notice that there are times when it didn't feel so great. That's also normal. And, <laughs> and, and, and okay. And yes. totally normal. Because no, there's no judgment. It is part of the practice. Okay. So, so you might as well expect that there's going to be some times that don't feel so great. Absolutely. So this is not a silver bullet, so it, t- it takes time. Okay. But also... Um, the point of mindfulness, and this is another one of those myths that I like to, but, to bust. The point of not mindfulness is not calmness. Okay. Sometimes people get caught up and think, well, um, I didn't feel calm, so I wasn't being mindful. Uh, yeah, then they're, the beating up pr- right. begins. And, yeah. then, and then, they, then they decide that they can't be mindful, and so they stop right. okay, the so practice. If it's not about being calm, what is it about? So it is about being aware. So to go back to that first definition, we're paying attention to our life in the here and now okay, with kindness and curiosity. So it is about having a moment-to-moment awareness um, and atten- a kind attention whenever you think of it. Okay. Um, and that's the point. So what you might notice, for example, is you might be at work. Mm-hmm. Someone, a colleague, says or does something, and um, you feel hijacked by your emotion. Okay. <laughs> um, and so... Happens to the best of us, by uh, the yeah, way. which is totally in the course of all human relationships. This, okay. This will happen. And so what you can do um, is practice mindfulness in that moment, and that would mean pausing as, okay. as much as you can, pausing and then bringing a curiosity to whatever sensations are happening in your body, whatever okay. thoughts and feelings are happening, mm-hmm. but doing it without um, w- not doing anything about it. Uh, just letting initially. it be. Just letting it be. Just just an observation, being curious, what's going on. So there might be some thoughts and just recognizing those different thoughts. Hmm, okay. And then some different feelings. Like we've got feelings going on in our body. Okay, that's interesting. There's something going on in my stomach. Okay, I feel it in my face, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So you might not feel calm at that moment, but right. you are practicing mindfulness. You're aware. Right. You are practicing your awareness with curiosity. And so to me, that is a moment of mindful practice. Okay. Um, now, as far as an actual mindful practice, it to me, it, it comes down to it's it, it's made up of two different things, formal practice and informal practice. Okay. So a formal practice, and I'm really tuning my horn for, horn for a form, formal practice. Okay. Good. And this is the thing I think that daunts people the most, which okay. is um, uh, formal practice to me means setting aside time where you know, uh, time and place where you know you won't be interrupted. Okay. Um, a quiet place, mm-hmm. if possible, and set a timer. Everyone has oh. a timer on their phone. But you can also have, there are also uh, mindfulness apps that you can try. Okay, cool. But um, set a timer and um, just try a minute, you know, maybe two minutes. So they're going to sit still for the minute. They're in a quiet place where they're not going to be interrupted or distracted. And they're just paying attention to. So you can do a few different things. Um, Classic mindfulness practice would be. You sit in a way that is comfortable, but is also going to keep you alert. So I don't no say, sleeping. Yeah, I was just going to say I don't suggest That's not aware. <laughs> I don't suggest <laughs> doing this lying down on your bed at like 4 p.m. I don't suggest that. 
I mean, unless that's your jam. Like, unless 4 p.m. is your jam and that's you're cool. like, hey, I'm totally no awake. If, if you're one of those people that are totally awake at 4 p.m., then you could try that. I right. could not. I, I've heard it's good to have the body somewhat supported. Yes. You know, whatever is comfortable. Again, so it's just not going to be a distraction, right? Yes. But you can be aware and alert. Yes. And so, honestly, when you are setting your posture up, you've already started your mindfulness practice. Excellent. Another be- win right out of the gate. <laughs> because you are, first of all, taking checking in and noticing, well, how sleepy am I? Okay. You know, and what is comfortable, but what is going to help me stay alert? So immediately in that process, you have begun the mindfulness practice. Paying attention to your, your what's going on inside of you and what's going on around outside of you. Yes. Like and then... And then as soon as you're settled uh, and relaxed, making sure to let your face relax. Because sometimes <laughs> I just became aware of my face. <laughs> That's very interesting, actually. Because yeah. I noticed that um, whenever I start off with some people and, you know, I sort of guide them through the beginning, they are very, there are some people who um, – want to work at this yeah. you know right exactly yeah, like really there's straining and <laughs> focused and netted like I'm, brow i'm keeping my attention on my breath no matter what you know and <laughs> if it kills me <laughs> and that's not exactly the point we want this to be a you know a somewhat pleasurable experience like we want the body to feel relaxed and it really helps to start with the muscles around your eyes the muscles okay. around your jaw your shoulders your neck so just checking in to let your body become relaxed. And then with a classic breath meditation or practice, you would just bring your attention to wherever you feel your breath the most in your body. You know, when I work with children, I have them put their hand on their belly because cool. often they can feel their belly moving up and down up when they and breathe. Mm-hmm. And I just ask them, just see if you can pay attention to your hand moving up and down. You know, nice. just notice that. It's pretty low-key. I yes. like that. And, you know, that's how I would... Low-key is exactly how I would um, hope that people start, all people start. Yeah, okay. And so what you will notice immediately is that your brain will wander. <laughs> your mind will wander because... Which is perfect, right? It's That's what your your mind is totally doing what it is was built to do. And now you're aware of it instead of just letting it run off on its own. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you notice, oh, I've been distracted. And with as much kindness and gentleness as you can, you bring your attention back to the object of your attention. So it could be your breath... It could be um, your body sensations. Um, These are sort of the classical um, mindful practices. You could also just choose to um, listen, to sit quietly in a room and notice. There's all kinds of noises that you're not usually paying attention to. Yeah, you might notice, you know, sounds outside your room, inside the room. You might notice the feeling, the hearing yourself breathe, your heart beat. All of it, yeah. Um, It's not so much as important what you're paying attention to as choosing one thing, and for that few minutes, doing your best to keep your attention there. So that's formal practice. And what formal practice will help you do is get to know how your mind works. Okay. When you know how your mind works, then you know how to work with your mind. Ooh. And I feel like that's what this whole podcast and program is about, is about noticing how your mind works, um, noticing when it works in ways that are not helpful for you, and making choices about more helpful strategies. I feel like that's what you guys talk about. That's a one lot. of our major focuses. That and going and making a difference. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So um, that's one of the things that will happen over time. Okay. When you practice formally consistently. Okay. So yeah. that's the formal, and then you suggest an informal as well. Although you don't want people to bypass the formal. I got no. that. That sounds really important. It, it's it's very important because you're you're building a muscle. You're absolutely building a muscle. You're building your capacity to be with all your experiences, positive and negative, so that when you're out in the actual world, 
you already have that muscle of being with the discomfort of a colleague nice. saying or doing something. Okay, so then right. there's the application of yes. it when you're out in the real world. Yes. And so informal practice would just be the quick check-ins, check-in okay. with your body. And these can happen during transitions. Um, maybe when you first sit in your car, you might take a breath and notice how you're feeling, notice what your thoughts are, what your body feels like. Um, I have a friend who goes early to work so that she can sit in her car and have a check-in. Um, when you first walk home, get home at night after nice. work. Or you're going into or out of a meeting yes. at work, or you just had something come up with a family member. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of opportunities. So when there's a transition, it's kind of, I like that because it's a key. It's something to look for. It's like, yeah. oh, let me check in with myself. Yes. I had some friends who talk about they would do a practice where anytime they walked into a room, they would just take a second. Any room, nice. even the bathroom or whatever, just take a second, a breath, and just notice. Because you're building the habit of of your awareness. And so once people are doing this, what are the benefits that they can expect? Well, so briefly, I know we yeah, got to wrap yeah. up. Like, <laughs> I want to keep going. Well, you know, number one is just you will notice that you'll be able to manage your stress. Okay, cool. Right. So stress management, is, who doesn't want that? So this is going to help managing your stress. This is going to help with your resiliency. This is going to help with your um, interpersonal relationships in particular. Nice. This can help you with your own calming strategies. Um, not that calm is the point, but that you'll be able to notice it's that a benefit. you can. Yes, Side it benefit. can be a benefit. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, you know, dealing with um, difficult emotional states. Okay. Anxiety. Um, you certainly had that experience. That's awesome. You know, um, oh, I'm trying to think of other things. No, <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's beautiful. I really appreciate the, the beginning mindfulness exercise that you had for us here and the benefits and I thank you so much for being on it was a blast I had you. so much fun Rita I think we might need to do it again <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> to the impact hour have a great week retirement, a lot of folks don't even know where to start, and it's easy to be overwhelmed and confused by all the information out there. Don't let that happen to you. Join Jeff Mitchell, the president of Monolith Financial Group, every Saturday morning at 10 for the Monolith Money Show to discover the strategies you need to know to have a happy and comfortable retirement. Start your journey into retirement with the Monolith Money Show featuring Jeff Mitchell every Saturday morning at 10 on Money 105.5. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. The temperature is going up and so are your electric bills. See a list of things.